Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue, and thank you for joining me again. We are so excited to be with you today, and I am very excited because I have a great friend of mine who has agreed to come on to the podcast. I want to uh, take time to introduce to you today the listener, Pastor Dwayne Bailey, all the way from Hollybrook, Virginia. Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, Brother Bailey. Thank you, Brother Teal. It's, I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, I tell people that you're one of my top people in the whole world that I, I like to be around. You always have a smile on your face, you're, you and your wife, your family. And, of course, uh, the connection we have to the church there in Radford, yes. uh, it's, a, it's a connection that we, uh, we love. Amen. We, love. we like being knowing that we've been a part of that somehow. So, Amen. Amen. I could, uh, I could say so much, and I, I want to say just a little bit if you would allow me to, but um, I feel the same. Uh, great friend, uh, consider you to be a brother, um, and and I very much so respect your ministry and the walk that you have. Um, great wisdom comes from you, and I know that you may not always feel it, but um, you're, you've always been someone that I've looked up to in the ministry. And and uh, so when I asked you and you agreed to do this podcast, I was over the top excited, and I can't wait to get into our discussion today. Well, um, you know, I, I, I talk about you, but I've always uh, appreciated the hunger that you've had and the desire you've had from the very beginning, you know, watching you uh, at the beginning there in Radford mm-hmm. and everything that you and your wife have done in the ministry, how you've given your life and uh, just tried to roll with the flow of the Lord. Just, Lord, whatever you want us to do, we're going to do and mm-hmm. everything from changing the house to whatever it is that you've been willing to do. So, um I appreciate you so much. Amen. Amen. Today, uh, folks, we're going to be talking about healthy desires, healthy desires. And and when I thought about this topic and I uh, began to ponder the subject matter, I thought, really, there's no one else that I would like to have this conversation with more so uh, than Brother Bailey, because um, I believe that your desires are are pure. I believe that your intentions are pure, and your lifestyle reflects that. Your, um, you and your wife uh, both are very unique, very loving, kind people who have taken us in as friends, and and we consider you guys family. And so, uh, in talking about healthy healthy desires, I wanted to have this conversation with you before before we dive into the subject matter. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and uh, and then we'll get into it. Well, I guess I consider myself a maybe a third generation apostolic. My grandfather actually started the church that we're in now, um, and my mother, uh, of course, went here. And, and then my pastor, uh, after my grandfather, they all kind of built it together. Um, I've been married thirty years. I've gone to this church my entire life, except for maybe a couple years while we was in Richmond, going to Brother E.T. Hall's church there in Richmond. That's where my that was my mom and my pastors pastor before they came back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in church, um, you know, started, uh, the Lord kind of dealt with me on a serious way, probably when I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, started playing music in the church uh, when I was probably 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would come home from high school, uh, 
two things I did every day is I read my Bible 30 minutes, and then I played my guitar 30 minutes. Wow. That was something I did all through high school. Wore out several Bibles through high school. Um, by the time I was 18, I was teaching Sunday school, a Sunday school class. <clears throat> 21, 22, I was a treasurer of the church. Uh, 24, 25, I was youth leader. Uh, started teaching uh, probably our adult Sunday school class full time when I was 38. Uh, I always called I always called it the assistant to the pastor, not so yeah. much the assistant to the pastor because I've never been a guy that likes titles. Yeah, I've always ran from titles, mm-hmm. um, and I had been preaching occasionally before that. But then when COVID came around, um, I got the opportunity to preach a little bit more, mm-hmm. and of course we was rotating. And then of course uh, last year when the pastor passed away, I kind of. Uh, uh, took over that role. Yeah, been married for thirty years. Yesterday to my wonderful congratulations. wife, Brenda, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know my wife very well because yes. you work, guys work together. Got two great kids, uh, Heather, who is married to Joseph, and uh, they work in in a church in uh, Jonesboro or Johnson City, Tennessee. And of course, Nicholas. You know Nicholas mm-hmm. a little bit. So uh, got great kids, great uh, heritage. Uh, my mom was full of wisdom. Uh, she was the one that I could go to wake up in the middle of the night feeling convicted. That's woke her up and crying, Mom, I'm going to hell. And then she ta- she would talk me off the cliff and, mm. and explain to me why I'm not going to hell, that right. I could trust in the Lord. So Wow. Wow. So you've been in this thing for a little while. Yes. yes. You, when I say 13 or 14, I mean, that's when the Lord really dealt with me. I yeah. was 13 or 14 years old, um, always in church, but, you know, we went to church, and you'd have services when you, you know, you'd feel the Lord. But to actually say I repented and I knew what I was doing, I knew that it was I was feeling a call on the Lord. I was thirteen or fourteen years old. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I can, you know, uh, I remember long nights sitting out on the back porch and looking up at the sky, talking to the Lord in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. And um, I wish I had some of the desire <laughs> that I had. We're talking about desires. I wish I had some of those desires I had when I was early on, but you know, then I didn't have the time constraints that I have now. So right. the obligations, you might say. Sure. Uh, what a what a testimony, though. Uh, you know, I've heard it said um, some people view testimonies in in the wrong light. I would say because they think that if you haven't been out, you know, out of the church most of your life and backslid and a drug addict and a, and a drunkard and all that, that you don't have a testimony. But uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think that the greater testimony is that um, you were brought up in the church and that you didn't have to experience those things or that you didn't at least um, maybe you didn't do those things at all. But that's the greater testimony, and that's what I want for my kids. Um, I don't glory in my testimony uh, the years that I spent away from the Lord, I wish that I was with him in those years, yeah. but, and I, I'm trying to instill in my children, the greater testimony is that you never went and did those things. Right. And so that's my desire. And I want, I think that that's a, a pure desire is to, to see my children saved and not go down the path that I, that I went down. And so many other p- people have went down, but I thank God that you, and it's not to say that you're you're without sin, right? I don't think nowhere near, brother. I promise you. Talk right. to my wife. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but just because you were born and raised in the church doesn't mean that you're not flawed and you've not made mistakes. Of course, you have. We're, we're human, but I thank God for the 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 life that you have lived and the wisdom that now you are able to impart to this younger generation like myself and even the next generation behind me. Um, I don't take it for granted. So thank you for your walk. I appreciate that. And, and uh, 
you can ask the church. I tell them myself uh, very often. <laughs> I, I'm a good one to tell them myself, so uh, I don't mind sharing my faults and failures and struggles with anybody down the down the road. So yeah. I've, I've told them myself many times. So, Amen. So today we're going to be talking about healthy desires. Um, I've prepared a couple of questions, and then we're just going to see where the conversation goes. But I guess to start this conversation, Pastor Bailey, I would like to ask you, what is desire and where does it come from? So, uh, you know, thinking it through, you know, just studying and, and um, meditating, praying, whatever, you you know, however you like to look at it. Um, you know, I'm just looking at desire. And, and so desire is kind of like a longing or a hoping for something that'll satisfy whatever that urge, whatever it is at the moment, once it's attained, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Um, I think a desire can be impulsive. Uh, it's, a, it's an impulse. It's something that hits you at the moment. I'm at the checkout line in Lowe's, oh. and there's the Snicker bar, and Come like, on. bam, you know, it's like. Six, <laughs> have you been following me in yes, Lowe's? Yes, I have been. Um, yeah, I see that candy bar. It promises goodness to me, to oh. my tongue. My, you know, it's going to fill my belly once yeah. I attain that. Mm. And so that's an impulsive desire, and it can be intense. Mm. Uh, desires, uh, they can be intense and they can be quick and strong enough to knock you for a loop if, wow. if you give them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I also think that uh, some desires tag along with you along through life. It's not just an impulse and it's kind of, it lingers over time. Uh, I have a desire to, to retire one day. It's a desire oh. of mine for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to the day when I can quit work and sure. I can live about the same way I do now. Um, and then be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor for 34-plus years, wherever it might be, mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And that's a promise uh, of being able to do, do uh, not just what I have to do, but doing what I want to do. Sure. You know, I want to be able to get up of a day. So that's a desire I have. And I hope that one day when I decide to retire that uh, it, I am satisfied. I'm, I hope that it satisfies me. Will it? I don't know. Uh, Snickers says it satisfies, but it doesn't always satisfy. There's usually maybe a a, a diet Coke or a Coke or something else. It's got to go along with it for that satisfaction. But if, if, if you're not uh, the thing about a desire, once you attain it and you thought it would satisfy the desire and it doesn't satisfy that type that desire, you're going to go look for something else. Mm, So true. Go find. And so in that retirement, if I don't find retire, if I don't find satisfaction in that retirement, I'll go get another job. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 good to say for a job. But then there's certain desires you get in your life if you don't fulfill them on the unhealthy desires. If you don't fulfill them, you're going to go look for something else. Mm-hmm. So. I love that you you brought out, and I thought a lot about this: the de- desires, healthy desires, and unhealthy desires. But I love that you brought out, and I didn't even think about that: that some desires are. Uh, almost immediate they're they're they catch you off guard yep. but then some are are planned and and you look for them for years to satisfy a desire a, a need that you have or a want um that's interesting to me because i didn't think about that um so would you agree that desire is a gift from god uh yes i think god created you know I, I, well, i'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit later but Actually, it, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's where desire comes from. Uh, if I think it's in our DNA. Yes. I think it's innate. I think we were born with it. Um, when God appeared to Solomon in the dream, when he was taken over for his uh, dad, 
Mm-hmm. King David, he said, ask me what you'll want. Ask mm-hmm. me what you want me to give thee. So the Lord knew that there was something that Solomon wanted. He knew that there would be a desire there. Uh, what do you want? What it is? So God knows we have those desires because he made us that way. And because he desired the right thing, he desired a godly thing, God blessed him with the earthly things yeah. as well. So yeah. Solomon understood it when he wrote Proverbs 13 and 12, hope deferred or hope that is drug out or that's prolonged maketh the heart sick. Mm. If you dra- if you drag that out and you don't get it, but when desire cometh, he said, or when it's fulfilled, it's the tree of life. Wow. When you hope you see that candy bar and you're like, you know, and it's just out of reach, but when you get it yeah. and it satisfies you, wow. if it does, you might have to get the Coke to go along with it. So. <laughs> There's no doubt that a combination that, that satisfies unlike no other to my flesh yeah. is, is a Snickers bar at Lowe's and a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, exactly. It's there you go. Yeah. That's not me much too. better. Uh, the thing about Solomon uh, is that where he left his fleshly desires unchecked, mm. it cost him. And I, j- I just thought about it right before you, you got down here and we was talking and uh, I thought about David and Solomon. Yes. And I thought about two people who talk so much about desire between Proverbs and then all of David's desires, how he d- longed for the Lord and things. And yet it was their desires that got him in trouble. Yeah, yeah, both you of know, them. Yeah, I mean, they understood the importance, and, I, you know, they understood the importance of desire, and they both had strong desires, but both of them, mm. the fleshly desires is what got them in trouble. Wow. You know, so um, there are things, you know, that were innate, but I believe there's also things we can pick up over time. I think yeah. there are things that we are born with, and there's desires that we can pick up over time. I, I, I was thinking about hunting. I never grew up as a hunter. Mm-hmm. I never grew up desiring. I didn't hang around people that hunted. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do it myself. I never wanted big horns. But over time, as I began to hang around people that were hunters, and I began to hear the stories, and so I decided. I saw Brother Joey and Brother Andre come in. Uh, and they were hunting, and I was like, well, these two guys can do it. Surely, to goodness, I can do it, yeah. too, you know. Yeah. And so I had to, I, I, I got that desire over time, and, and, and now, you know, the desire begins, became so strong in me is that now I can almost remember every deer I ever took in my life. Wow. I can tell you the day. I can tell you the time. I can tell you how I felt. So the desire, um, the enjoyment of the situation and the things there's been things that's drove that. So I think, mm. I think desires are both innate, but it's, I also believe it's things you can pick up over time. So you mentioned David. Now this is not in my notes, but uh, you mentioned David and I want to say that I believe that he had a desire. Of course he should have been in battle. Uh, we know that we, he made a mistake. He should have right. been battle, but I do believe that uh, he had a desire to seek the face of God. David would pray often. Mm-hmm. He would sing Psalms and, um, write songs and do all kinds of great things. And oftentimes in his day, the rooftop was a place for prayer. Right. And it could be that he went to the top of the roof to pray. Right. That was a spiritual desire, a good desire. But what his flesh saw, right. that, that impulse, desire, that the, the, the impulse right. desire trumped his spiritual desire and he he, he Which was a lingering, think about that, that you had the lingering desire yeah. that just went with him his entire life while he was wa- watching the sheep, uh, yes. the bears, attack, you know, fighting off the animals, uh, writing psalms, thinking of all the way of, of how much he loved the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he has that lingering desire, but then impulsive desire, if it's not 
checked, mm. it can be so strong that it just walks right over top of that other one. That's true. Yeah. Man, how dangerous. Um, when I think about desire, where it comes from, and what it is, uh, I was automatically drawn back to my favorite, if I'm allowed to have a favorite book of the Bible. It's okay. uh, it's definitely Genesis, and I, I tend to go there for a lot of things. But, uh, you know, Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created them. So if if man, Adam and Eve, were created in the image of God, just like we are created in the image of God, uh, and we are born with desire, then I, I believe that that's proof enough that desire comes from God. Right. He has desires, yeah. right? He desired to to have a bride. Right. He desired yeah. to have, have That's why us. he created man. That's right. Why, that was the exact reason why he desired a relationship. He desired a relationship beyond the angels or other whatever's in heaven. We don't know exactly what it is. Angels or other things. They didn't have the relationship that man, nothing had the free will that right. we have. So. Yeah, the, the free will. So angels, you know, created beings, uh, are angelic beings, but have no will, no uh, free will. You know, they, and, well, I guess, you know, you might could have a conversation about that because, because Lucifer, Satan, yeah. right, and, and chose. And the ones that went down with him. So right, was, so I guess there is, is a sense of free will, right. but we have... This this um, capability. It's a unique a unique capability to choose right. him, right? And and I, I hear Pastor Hall say it all the time that if someone would have had to drug Sister Hall down the aisle to marry him, that's not love, right? Exactly, it's not. Yeah. And so to choose him, and I think that that's why he created us. He wanted to create someone who would choose to love him, not be forced to be in his presence. And that's why he compares it with the, the, the marriage and the bride and the and the, the groom because, you know, ask Sister Bailey, Sister Brenda, you know, she's been stuck with me for 30 years, but she'll tell you she prayed for me. Yeah. You know, she prayed for my characteristics. She prayed mm. for the person, this is Lord, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I desire. This is what, the type of person I want. Now, I think God has a sense of humor, so that's why she stuck me with hers. <laughs> or she got stuck with me maybe. Yeah. So. That 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 reminds me of the children of Israel when they were so dissatisfied because they were looking around at everybody else who had a king yeah, exactly. to rule over them, and, and they're I like, want one "We want one too. We and, want taxes. Yeah. <laughs> we want bondage." And then they get us all. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a desire. Yes, exactly. Right. The children exactly. of Israel had the desire to be like everybody else. Yeah. We want to be like the Joneses. You know, uh, we talked about that a little bit before. You know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Sure. It's not always a good thing to try to keep up with the Joneses. Sometimes no. it's best to stay in your groove and know your groove and stay in your groove. Yes. Man, that's so good. So let me let me take a, a turn here and ask this question. What are the differences between fleshly desires and spiritual desires? How do you make the how do you make the distinction between the two? I think they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know Peter said in First Peter two and eleven, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from flesh, fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Mm-hmm. The lusts of the flesh war against the, the the desires of the flesh war against the desires of the spirit. And so, the things my flesh want uh, are normally the opposite of what God wants or the spirit wants. Sure, because um, the flesh wants to please the flesh. Um, those desire and those desires are bound to the earth and the laws of the earth. Mm. They're bound to it, and they're bound to the limitations of the earth. 
and they've got no benefit for our lives past the earth. First mm. uh, John 2 and 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, yes. is not of the Father, but is of this world. Wow. But spiritual desires are pleasing to the capital S spirit, to mm. the Spirit of God. Yeah. And they're not limited by the laws of the earth. They're not bound by the limitations of this place. One day in his courts is like a thousand. Yeah. Amen. One day in his courts mm. is like a thousand elsewhere. That doesn't compute on the earth, right? but it does in the spirit. Mm. And their benefits are not just both for here on this earth, but they continue on for eternity. Second uh, Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, mm-hmm. he said, for the things which are seen are temporal, and but the things which are not seen eternal. So Paul was talking about suffering here when he was there, and he was talking about afflictions. So if you're focused on the desires of the flesh and they're not satisfied, you're going to suffer. Hope deferred makes the heart sick because that's where your hope is in. It's in here in the flesh. And if it's not satisfied, then you're not going to get it. I, I think of I go back to the hunting part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a deer every year. I'm not going to definitely not going to take a big buck every year. That's not real suffering, okay? But to my flesh, it can be real suffering. This is the worst day ever. This is the worst year yeah. ever. I would, Joe, brother Joey got one. Brother Kirk got a big buck, and I didn't get one. Yeah. If that's my focus, and if that's that's my desire, I'm going to I, I'm going to be let down. I'm going to be sad, depressed, whatever. Yeah. And then that. Sat that desire to satisfy that lust of the flesh for mm-hmm. that deer. I'm going to go try. We talked about it. I'm going to go try to find some way to satisfy that. Right. I'm going to go spend lots of money. I'm going to go out west. I'm yep. going to find me a deer. I'm going to go do whatever. So that's one of the traps of pornography because it's the expectation of the relationship with your spouse. Yes, it is to be like that. It is. But all that junk. It's Hollywood. It's fake. It's yeah. not real. Right. So your flesh is going to be disappointed with your relationship with your wife, mm-hmm. with your husband, whatever it is, because uh, it can't live up to that. Um, then you're going to have to go looking for something else to fulfill that desire. And like Solomon, left unchecked, you're in trouble because you're n- there's no hope of fully fulfilling that because it's not real. It's what yeah. you're seeing there is not real. It's true. But if your focus is on the desires of the Spirit— and it's on desire, the pleasing of God, then you've got hope in a whole lot more. You've got hope in the eternal. So Titus 2 and 11, 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath, hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, yeah. righteously, and godly in this world, yeah. in this present world. Then we can look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's eternal hope. Now you can desire him. You're not going to be dissatisfied because you're not going to, you're not going to get satisfied because you're ever pressing. You're ever, it's a race to the end, and you've got to, you're not going to win the prize until you get the end of it. Yeah. And, but, the, but the thing is, unlike the earthly desires, there is hope, there is benefits to the spiritual desires on this world as well, not just the eternal one, but there's hope here because I have hope in healing. Mm-hmm. I have hope in strength yes. beyond this world, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, mm-hmm. whether it's emotionally. I have hope in provision. I have hope in protection. And there's a struggle, you know, going back to the opposites, there's a struggle between those two 
that eternal or that fleshly and the spiritual one. There is a constant struggle, you know, the old, uh, I don't know if it's an idiom or what you would call it about, you know, about which dog, you know, you have two dogs and which one's going to win the fight. It's the one that you feed the most. The one you feed the most. And you you, you go back to talking about, you know, God, um, God creating us with a desire. Even God in the flesh struggled with what the flesh and the spirit desired because he walked so confidently going to Jerusalem. Yes. He was he knew. He knew he knew what his last day was. He yes. knew exactly what he was doing. And yet when the moment came when he was in the garden, mm-hmm. it all caught up to him. Yeah. The stress, the pressure, yeah. great the, the you know the uh, the sweat of great drops of blood. He prayed, God, yeah. let this cup pass from me. That's right. That's the flesh. But then the spirit kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. Nevertheless, not my will. But that, but thine be done. Yeah. You know? So the the flesh desired to live. Yeah. It desired to not go through the pain. It desired not to go through the suffering, the humili- humiliation. But his spirit wanted the complete opposite of that. Mm. It wanted the suffering. It and it was all because of us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I I love that the scripture also says, and I should have wrote it down, but it says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Yep. Right. So that's a battle. It's a, it's a constant. It's an inward outward battle. Uh, spirit versus flesh, yep. healthy desire versus unhealthy desire. The spirit wants to do right. Right. There's there's something uh, that I believe God put in every single man and woman alive on this planet who has ever lived something to desire Him. Right. There's a void. A hole. Yep. There's a void inside of yep. each one of us that can only be filled by Him. There's a conscience. Yeah. I've always said that's the proof that. Of there's no such thing as evolution because we have a conscience. Right. There's no other animal that I know that has a conscience. It right. just acts. Yeah. I, I have a I have a conscience. I have I have you know something inside of me that wants me to do the right thing. Yes. Yes. And we we you know people who believe in evolution and and who are atheists or um, someone who at the very least, opposes that the, the Christian God. Um, they don't believe that murder is okay, but where does that come from? Right. You know, if you don't have a conscience, where does that, what's the moral standard? Right, exactly. Right? Uh, who, who's to say that that's wrong if if there's no moral standard of of right? Right. Right, and so that's where uh, it's a, it's an inward struggle and a battle um, between the flesh and the spirit, I think, and at the heart of it, at the root of it all, is it, it comes back to our design, what we are designed to do, right? right? From, the, from the garden. Um, Genesis 3 and 6 says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, right? So yep. she's looking at it with her fleshly yep. eyes, right? That it was pleasant to the eyes. Right. And the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and also gave to her husband, which was with her, and he did eat. So we understand that God told them what they could and could not do. And he walked with them in the garden. Uh, he would come down in the cool of the day and walk with them and speak with them. And it was a perfect place. Right. But the flesh, yep. the, the fleshly desires for her outweighed the voice of God. Now, here's a question. Was it impulsive? Or is it something that lingering that they looked at every day? I'd like mm. to have that. I like. Oh, yeah. I'd like to know yeah. what that tastes. There's like. no doubt. Yeah, I don't think it was impulsive. I think they looked and looked and looked. Absolutely. And eventually it just it. You know, 
I, I go back to um, my vehicle buying habits. If I'm not looking, I'm not buying. Mm. But if I'm looking, I'm probably buying. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. My wife says it like this all the time. People will make time for what they want to make time for. Because yeah. a lot of people, we, you know, we, we're, we're wired to say anymore, oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah. You know, especially if it's something spiritual and good for us. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for Bible studies. I don't have time for prayer. I don't yeah. have time. But if there's a ball a ball game that we want to go to, oh, yeah. our favorite team's playing, oh, yeah. we're going to make time. Yeah. You, we make time for the things that we feel impor- are important. That's exactly. And that's a, that can be a healthy desire. Yeah. But it also can be an unhealthy desire. Right. Yep. Amen. So the fact that the woman saw the tree, uh, saw that the tree was good for food, and pleasant to the eyes was not nothing special. This is mm-hmm. what the Lord was showing me today. Uh, all the other trees in the garden were that way, right? Okay, if you go back to Genesis two and nine, and out of the ground made the Lord to gr- uh, the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So He said everything okay. in the garden was pleasant to the eyes and was good for food. God can't, he doesn't make things that aren't good. Right, exactly. Right? Everything. Everything was good. And so it was, there was nothing wrong with her looking at this tree, walking by it daily and saying, that looks good. It was intended to look good. Right. But what I believe where, where they really messed up, the desire of her flesh was to offer her something that she felt she didn't already have, and that was wisdom. Right. Right? The unknown knowledge of good and evil is what her flesh desired because that's the only difference between Genesis 2 and 9 and Genesis 3 and 6. God said, it's supposed to look good. It's it's supposed to taste good. But this tree of knowledge and good of good and evil, you, you can't partake of that. So she wanted this knowledge. Yep. It's a wet paint thing too. Wet paint don't sit on it. Mm. Disobedience. Yeah. Man, man is... It's a desire in man is to disobey. Drive 55. No, I'll drive 60. I'll, right. You know. How And how far can I push the limit mm-hmm. before yeah. I pay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, won't go into the COVID thing, but look at, you know, man can't tell me what to do. <laughs> True. You know, that's uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, that's, you know, we're, we are, we're built to rebel. Yes. Yes. Rebellion is. It's not built that way. It came with the fall. It's not built it, that, but it was in us before the fall. Yes. And you see that with Adam and Eve. Right. If there was no room for rebellion, then they would have been robots. Right. Exactly. Right? So he had to give to them this, free will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, again, that's why he knew, you know, he knew exactly. He knew. He knew us from the beginning. He knew what we were like. That's why the plan was, from, that's why he was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. But from the very beginning, he knew what was going to happen because yeah. he created us that way. Not created us to fail, but he knew the failure was, he knew that the option was there. Sure. This 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 conversation is, is so important, um, not just to me personally, um, because I will cherish, cherish this conversation um, until I leave this planet. But for this generation, because I I feel like you know sin is sin. It's right. it's been the same for all of humanity. I don't I don't believe that you know the devil's still playing the same game. He's he's just uh, I think he's his tactics are changing a little bit. You know it's the same message. You know, but my concern is is that the rules are are so far shifted now that this younger generation. Um, doesn't know how to handle it. And I don't know that the older generation knows how to handle it because sin used to be, from what I understand, 
used to be a lot more hidden than it is now. Right. And and it's this day that we're living in and raising children in. I mean, I've got a 10-year-old and 8-year-old. Scary. It's scary because they're not trying to hide it anymore. Right. You know, the devil is, is – and it may be because we're in the last hour and he knows that his time is short. So he's got to pull out all the stops. And but they're not hiding it anymore. They're, I mean, it's 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 it, running vacant everywhere. And if it's it's the if it feels good, do it. It is, you know. And don't check your desires. You don't have to check your desires. If you just you know, grab it. And there is no there's no checks. There's it's uh, you know. I guess it is the maybe it's the ultimate rebellion to God. It's the man's increasing rebelliousness. I'm going to do just the opposite. My flesh is going to do the exact opposite of what the spirit wants to. But like you said. There is no hiding it anymore. It's out. It's out in the yeah. open. So, and that's the scary part. It is. So, so as we're talking, I'm, I'm reminded. Of my my brain is absolutely flooded with so many things that I want to say, but uh, we've we've got to get to some places here. But um, it's kind of like the difference between walls and guardrails. Yep. You know, past my pastor. Pastor Hall, he preached a, a, a masterpiece message one time about guardrails. Yeah. And people outside of the church often call them rules. Um, you know, I ain't going to the church because it's a bunch of rules. I can't live for God. Too many rules, 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 rules. But if you look at them like the rules, that's that's the flesh. If you look at them as they are, guardrails, it's not to keep uh, you know us from having a good time or from, from being happy. It's to keep hell out. Right, guardrails are to keep you on the right path and to keep you from going over the edge. Right. Um, so they're not a, just a bunch of rules, and I feel like that's the that's the natural side of this more spiritual topic that we're talking about. Seatbelts. Seatbelts are not to restrain you, right? They're to protect you in an accident. Yeah, they're, they're to contain you exactly. Right? They're to protect you from you know from what's going to your face can go hit. Absolutely. But you know, hey, I'm I'm not. I can remember I was riding with a, a police officer. Uh, I won't say that he's in my family, but he might. Be. Um, but you know, I, I've got my seatbelt on. I looked at him. I was like, "You don't have your seatbelt on." Well, police officers don't have to because we got to be able to get out of the vehicle if we're in an accident. It's like, what about me? <laughs> don't I have to get out of the vehicle too? Right. You know. Yeah. It's good for the goose. You know. Right. But we always make excuses. You know. But there's the guardrails. Walls are important. It keeps things out as much yes. as it keeps. As as it's there, it's it. Walls are always for our protection. Yes, always. Yes, guardrails. Yes, that I love that term. I absolutely love yes. That term. It's a, it's a, a good way to think about it, and and again, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but while we're on the subject, um, it's amazing to me, Pastor Bailey, that I can leave this place in Hollybrook, travel forty five minutes back home tonight, in the dark, driving anywhere from 45 to 75 miles an hour, depending on where I'm at, and be within feet of another vehicle of someone who I don't know. And I I, I can't say that I trust them because I don't know them. Right. And they're traveling in a 4,000-pound hunk of metal in the opposite direction, right at me almost. And, I, and I'm okay with that. Right. But yet I have a hard time trusting in God. Yeah. Yeah, amen. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is is that not healthy? Is, is or is that not unhealthy that I can trust an individual who may have had one too many to drink right. tonight, and and I'm okay just passing them by a few feet, but I can't trust God. I can't. I I, I want to question him. I want to. Yeah. 
you know, Lord, you know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? You know, rather than just obeying, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. It is. You know, I think, I don't want to talk about old messages, but I talked about obedience and the importance of obedience is that God not only will not bless you if you're not obedient, he doesn't have to. Right. I don't think he's obligated to bless us and uh, to obey, but to trust him, you know, to, mm. in, in all things. Uh, you know, I, I'm i always one of those people that, you know, would like to get involved in things rather than just sit back and allow God sure. to handle it, you know. And uh, it's unhealthy not to trust God. It is. It's unhealthy. If you can't trust who you're a spouse to, yep. that marriage will not last. Never. No. If, and you can never, you know, you're, uh, you'll never be happy. Right. Your mind will always be going other places. Yes. Wow. That's 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 there's a lot there that yeah. we could we could go down that rabbit trail. I want to I want to turn a little bit here in contrast to what we talked about with um Eve and that tree in the garden. I want to get your thoughts on this. I was I was reading some scriptures today, uh David's prayer, a Psalm in fifty one, and I, I believe that I don't believe this is a direct, I'm not trying to say that this is exactly what it is, but I just happened to see something uh, that reminded me, and it looks so similar to the garden experience with Eve in that tree, uh, with David in Psalm 51, 1 through 11. I, I want to read these, and I want to stop, and, and maybe you can chime in on this. But this is almost like the undoing, the prayer of undoing what was done in the garden. David says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. So he's recognizing that he has sinned. Right. Wash me thoroughly of mine iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. For I acknowledge. Okay, so we see this acknowledgement. Uh, he said, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be Justify when thou speakest, be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, this is where things really get interesting. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. That's what Eve was after in the garden. Right. She was after the unknown. Yes. Right, And, and in an attempt to achieve what was unknown to her, she disobeyed God, and and thus we have the fall of man. And Adam, of course, right there alongside of her. And now we have fallen humanity, and now David has to pray this prayer, God, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. In, in this, I think that there's, there's only one way that we can come to know wisdom, and and that's not through disobedience. No. It's through obedience. Right. It's through uh, tapping into the supernatural and through healthy d- desires, becoming more like him, taking on the mind of Christ, and then you, in turn, become more like him. You seek after it. You go looking for wisdom, and you know then if you look for wisdom and you know that the only place wisdom comes from is from God, then you're going to seek after God. You're going to put – you're going to – and that's what David did. You know, he knew mm-hmm. I messed up. I need to – Sure. Yeah. That's a that's a healthy desire to know yes. when I've messed up, when I've 
when I've sinned and, and God knows that I make mistakes, but when I make mistakes, like don't stay there. Right. A healthy desire is to run to an altar and say, God, right. I have messed up. Forgive me and, and wash me. Pray this prayer that David prayed because it's so, it's so real. I'm always been very thankful to the Lord because I am and the saint tooting horns or anything like that. Uh, it's just been something I've been thankful for that I've been so quick to tell God I'm sorry. Yeah, and I've never been afraid to do it, mm-hmm. and I've never been afraid to do it in front of people. I've never been afraid to tell my wife I'm sorry mm-hmm. the moment that I realize, and uh, that's what set David apart. Yeah, you know, I think that's what made him a man after God's own heart is because he was repentant. Yes, yes, I think because he was quick to repent. I think he was a worshiper, but I think it was because he was really quick to see. Not he didn't always see it. Yeah. Know, somehow, sometimes it had to be brought out to him. Nathan the prophet, yep, have to thou art the him. man. Yeah, um, and sometimes God Himself had to tell him, "You're the one that numbered the people, David." That's right. Um, but he was quick to say, "God, I'm sorry. I'm falling. You know, I'm sure. I'm going to follow your mercies, God." And uh, I always want to be repentant. I oh, always yes. want to be, you know, to. Um, I'll I'll be the first one. I can remember growing up, uh, you know, I had a twin brother, and we slept in bunk beds. I was on the bottom. He was on the top. And, of course, we would have the the brotherly arguments. And uh, I always remember that scripture, you know, not letting the the sun go down on your wrath. And I'd be laying. I had had a bar across that kept his bed together and had notes and stuff taped up that I would, reminders, control your anger. Mm. I had all kinds of things there before me, you know. And I would never go to bed angry, and I always would apologize before we would go to sleep. Wow. You know, but I was, you know, not saying I was always the first to apologize, but I just, I always appreciated that, yeah. that, that God, that, that is in me. And I don't want to ever lose that. Right. That's my desire. Yeah. I don't want to lose that, God. Man, that's, that's a good desire to have. Yes. A, a healthy yes, desire. Yes, that's a healthy one, yes. My, my. So, so a couple more things I want to show you here. David continues, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Now watch this. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Now, again, I hearken back to the garden where God reached into Adam and took a bone. And and from that, took a rib, and from that creates this woman who was supposed to be a helpmate for him, right. who was supposed to... Um, not to be a hindrance, but to be a helpmate. And and through both of their disobedience, um, we they fell. They fell in the garden and and disobeyed God. But he, he goes on to say, hide not thy face from my sins. What did they do when they sinned? They, they went hid. and hid. Yep. You know, and David's trying to undo all this because sin is no different for you or me or anybody else. Right. Adam and Eve's sin is no different than my sin. Right and and sin causes us to want to go hide it. Right, unless you go and you run to Jesus to get it under the blood, you're likely going to run and try to hide it. Right, cover it up with some dirt or something. Yeah, um, I, I would used to be so quick to try to cover up my lies, and and I would tell ten lies to cover up Amen. one. Right, yes, yes, that was my desire because I right. didn't want to get caught. Right. And but David says, "Hide thy face from my sins." Yeah. He says, "I'm not running from you." I, I, I'm bringing you my sins. I want you to see that I I need you to forgive me. He says, blot out all my iniquities, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew in me a right spirit. 
and cast me not away from thy presence. And what did God do? Now, he didn't cast them away from his presence, but he said, you can't stay in the garden. Right. You have yeah. to go now. Isn't that, I mean, that to me, that, that just. A, and, and I love how you brought that out. He was undoing what, yeah. And, I, and, and if anybody, I, you know, if you always, you know, I'll go back to the thing where I said, I'm so thankful if I'm repentant. If you don't feel like you have a repentant heart, those first 11 verses, you ought to repeat every night. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. to teach yourself the desire to repent. Yes. Give yourself the, to create that desire yes. to repent. You know, um, mm. yeah, I always want to be, I always want to be repentant. I think that's God, if you are, if you have a repentant heart, I think God knows he can deal with you. Yeah. If you have a, a hard crusted over heart and you're unbending and unwilling, yeah, maybe that's part of the desire as well. He looks for those people that desire to be repentant. Right. You know, we have a desire. We have those desires that make us fail, but we also have the desire to please. A a fleshly desire, a spirit that longs to please the fleshly desire is directly tied to the heart of stone. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of David that prays, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, is when the scripture says, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Yep. One that can be broken. Right. One that can one that's not okay with doing these same things over and over again. It it convicts you. Yep. I don't ever want to sin and be okay with it. Right. No, 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 because that's like the, there's a scripture where they talk about you just wipe your mouth off Ugh. and you go on and do, you know, how many people have we seen that's sinned, done whatever, and they just wipe their mouth off like they've yeah. really never done anything. You you can walk into the church with your proud look and you've still got that sin. You're like, that's that's a scary place to be. It is. That's when the rock begins to fall on you and you don't fall on the rock. Mm. <laughs> I don't want the rock falling um, on me. no. No, no, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. That's a scary. Pl- I, I've, you know, I've, I've been unfortunate to experience people like this, and you know that the end is their end is coming. You sure. know it. You see it coming. You see the, you know, and they refuse to change. They refuse to repent. They refuse to plow up their heart. You know, um, break up the fallow ground. Yeah, uh, they instead just continue get harder and harder and harder and you can look at them and you know and you're like i wish i could tell them but it wouldn't matter anyway right yeah it's it's not a place that god can't deliver you from though no no, never there's there's never that but god can deliver you but you have to do your part right you have to desire part that's the first part if you don't desire to change god can't change you yeah you know, we talk about God, please save this one. No, God, don't save them, pound on them. Yes. Until they're ready to say, I, I want to be saved. Mm, that's good. Don't pray them, don't pray them, you know, God, do whatever it takes to save them. And then you know, they get a hangnail. Oh, God, yell them, please. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I wish, <laughs> I, I think this maybe that's why, I, you know, I look back and, and maybe I shouldn't have complained so much about my suffering yeah. sometimes because, um, that suffering drew me to a place of desire mm-hmm. um, when I realized I can't do it on my own and I will die trying. Yeah. Um, spiritually, I will die. Right. Trying. Uh, I, I, I need him. I, I want to 
I don't want to be independent. No. I want to be totally dependent upon him. If you're not connected to him, if there's not that conduit, if there's not mm-hmm. something that connects you to God, there's that's a lifeline. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, godly wisdom is not found in what you know. It's found in what you have not known. I, 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 and let me explain. When I, when I was thinking about this today, praying about it, writing some notes, I just, for me, I believe that godly wisdom is not in what you know because some people, you know, the world in, in general um, has painted this picture that the more you know, the more wisdom you have. Right. That's not the case. No, knowledge is not wisdom. Knowledge is not wisdom. And, but true. Wisdom is knowing how to use what you know. Ah, uh, that, that, if I had a Bible bomb, I would hit it right now. <laughs> that, that was. I just, I just invented that. <laughs> I just invented that. That was good. That was good. It's, it's found wisdom. Godly wisdom is found in what you have not known. It's what, you know, I believe that when you have godly wisdom, it will keep you from knowing certain things, yep. right? Because a, to use a biblical, um, word structure, you know, when, when in the Bible, when a man would know a woman, well, that was, that, that was intimacy, right? right? Um, and so to have godly wisdom, uh, it's found in what you have not known. So I believe that the more you learn to know God, the less you care to know about the world. Right. Yeah. And so. More of him. Yes. Me. That's right. You know, I want him to increase and I want me to decrease. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you like desire, now this is a question for the ages, okay? I've been I've really been struggling with this one. This is a personal question, and everybody else just gets to chime in and listen to this answer. Yeah. If you like desire, can you create it? And if so, how? Yes, you can create desire. I absolutely believe it. I, I go back to my hunting experiences. I didn't hunt until I started being around people that hunted. Mm-hmm. I didn't hunt until I was around those people, and then I wanted to. You have, you, if you've never had chocolate, you'll never desire it. Mm. You'll never taste it. You don't know how good it is. People will not desire God until they have an experience with him somehow. Wow. They might go looking for something and not know what it is, and they may stumble upon him, but mm-hmm. they won't have that. They won't really find, you know, they won't have a desire for him until they actually get that. And I think that's why we're supposed to have fruit. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have the fruit hanging so that when people are hungry, that looks good. Uh, we'll taste and see that the Lord, the Lord is, good. He is good. Let me grab some of your fruit yeah. and taste it. Man, that tastes good. I'm going to have a desire for that. Wow. And the more I eat of it, the more I desire it. So if you lack desire, I think, yeah, absolutely, you can create it. If you want something... Try it out. If you want to, if you have a desire to pray more, pray more and find out what happens. Sure. If you have a desire to fast, fast more and see what happens. Mm. Taste and see. I find out that all of a sudden I have a desire to study word and I've studied the word and all of a sudden things open up to me. I, the more I study, the more I, I, I find out, um, the benefits bless you know bless my lord don't you know don't forget about the benefits of the lord you know mm-hmm. who was david talking he said uh, uh psalms excuse me psalms 103 and 2 he said bless the lord oh my soul yes and forget not his benefits and he was talking to himself yes he said self bless the lord <laughs> yeah 
even no matter how bad things are, bless the Lord. Yeah. And don't forget his benefits. Mm-hmm. Don't forget him. Bless him. Eat some of the fruit, and then you might become addicted to it. <laughs> you might say, wow, Lord. Uh, that's why David could say in 84 and 2, my soul longs, yay, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Mm. You know That desire is not natural. But once David saw what serving God could do for him, yeah. it began to create more. Caffeine is one of the most abused drugs. Sure. And it is a drug. It is a stimulant in the world. And you're not, again, going back to chocolate, you're not born with that desire for it. But once you drink it and you see what it does, that's true. Next thing you know, I gotta have five cups of coffee yeah. just to make it through a day. I've gotta have my mocha latte, frappe, chico, whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, you've got a credit limit at Starbucks. Yeah. Next thing you know, because if you know if it, because you have created that, you know yeah. that that desire for that stimulant for that thing that perk it gets you first thing in the morning. Read Psalms. Yeah. Find out all the uh, get the understanding of that desire that. That David had for the Lord, and it mm. came all from the experience of the Lord. I believe absolutely you can you can you can create it. Uh, just the, the more you taste of Him, the more you're going to see the things that God has. You know, uh, and and I believe that's for with anything. You know, if I if I have a desire to you know go back to woodworking and go back to. Uh, all my many hobbies that I've spent so much time and money on. I've always had these desires to do it, you know, and then uh, I've just went out and done it, you yeah. know, and and uh, I've created those, I have created those desires. Go back to the hunting thing. You know, I never had it until I was around people. Right. You know, uh, and it, all of a sudden I created that desire within me. You know, mm. that was unknowingly I did it. But if you can do it unknowingly, you can do it knowingly. That's right. Yeah, I love that. So let me, in my my last question I want to ask you, Pastor Bailey, is once you establish a healthy desire, and, and you've been in this thing your whole life, so you've been around the block a couple times, you, you, you're you pastoring a church now, um, so once you establish a healthy desire, how do you sustain it? How do you not get burnt out? You fuel it. Mm. You pour fuel on it. Mm. Take no thought about the earthly. What we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom. Mm. Keep throwing the fuel to it. Yeah. Uh, you have to feel it because desires will wane if you're not careful with it. My desire, I, you know, I'll, I'll use this this whole thing of hunting just because it's, it's I did it for so long, and it's something I've questioned within myself because the desire to hunt has kind of waned a little bit inside of me, and I, I had to go back and I had to look and say why. Uh, and I hunted for two things, food and fellowship. Mm. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, I get a beef now. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to hunt for food. You right. know, we would go through five deer a year. Now if I kill one, take one. I don't want to say kill. If I take one, um, I may get through it in a year. I may not because I've got a beef on the way. Yeah. The fellowship part is waned because the people I hunted with, a lot of them don't hunt anymore. And so a lot of times I find that I hunt by myself. Mm. And it's not as... Fun. So the desire uh, has disappeared, but I can feel it. Yeah, I can quit getting the beef, and my freezer will be empty, and I'm going to be hungry. There you go. Hunger is the best sauce 
of all that you can put on anything. Mm. It's better than Heinz 57. Yeah. It's better than A1 any day and every day. Proverbs 27 and 7 says, The soul, the full soul, loatheth an honeycomb. Mm. If you're full, you're not going to want it. But the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Wow. So stay hungry. Find new people, you know, find new people to hunt with. Yeah. You know, if your old friends don't want God, find some that will. Mm, that's good. Change, change, change up who you're hanging out. Uh, if they don't feel your desire, if you want that desire, if you find that desire uh, for uh, for God is beginning to wane, you need to probably change up who you're hanging out with. Yeah. You probably need to change up what you're doing. Get you some new ones. Hang out with the people of God. Uh, experience more of God, and, and I believe you'll want one. I think you'll want more experience with him. I'm yeah. talking about feeling, talking about feeling. So when I, back in the day when I hunted, the first, before hunting season would come, we would binge watch big bucks. Yeah. And that began to prime me up to get sure. me ready for that. Um, that's why I like, you know, you talked about, uh, we, I can't remember if it was during this or before, we were talking about testimonies and how, why testimonies are so important in yeah. services and you sharing what God has done for you. Because when you share what God has done for you, it triggers something in somebody else that may have that same need. That's right. It encourages them. You know, look what the Lord has done. Yes. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Mm-hmm. He saved me it's, just in time. It challenges us. Yeah. Right? I, I want to be around people who challenge me to be better, to be stronger. That's the only reason why we build things that keep going faster and farther. And, and you know, it's it's the race to uh, of of competition. Yep. Now I don't want to say that I'm trying to out spiritualize you or trying to be a better Christian than you, but I am saying that I want to have friends around me and people sitting at my table who make me want to be better. Right. If you're the smartest in person in the room, you need to change rooms. That's right. That's right. You need you need to go find some place else yeah. to go so that because you, you're not going to learn anything. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying, going back. Yeah, I'm not the most spiritual person. We can learn from everybody. We can yes. learn from the person that comes off the street. Yes. But uh, push yourself. We've we've become so lazy. We have. I think we've gotten so comfortable. These benches. I look around the church, and the air condition feels good. I think go back to the brush. What they used to call the brush harbor days. They used to talk about a gentleman that carried his. He walked to church and he carried his own chair. Oh wow! You know that's desire. <laughs> And then we we have to beg people to come into air condition and sit on padded pews. Ooh, you know, my, my. where's 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 the desire at? Where's yeah. that at? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely believe you can create it, but you also got to desire God for the right reasons too. Yes, uh, not the things of the earth, but the eternal. And if you if you only look to God for provision, mm-hmm. once you're provided for, you're not going to look for Him anymore. That's right. He's not a spare tire. Mm-mm. He's not a spare tire. If I, the only reason that you serve God for is for healing once you've got health. Yeah. I, 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 I have told this to many people, and you probably feel the same. I think the reason why we don't have healings, and we have healings in the church, and there are people healed, but I think we've become so dependent upon doctors, and we the first thing, let's go grab an Advil. Sure. Let's go take a bit. Let's go to the doctor for this. Let's grab this. I, I think that we have we have become so dependent upon it that we don't trust God for healing anymore. Mm. You know, we don't, and we don't get that. We don't have that desire for it. You know, I don't, I don't serve God just for healing, but, 
I, I, I desire it, but that's not the only reason I do it. But I think that the, the whole reason that we don't have it is because we've trusted in, in man so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I desire salvation. I desire there you heaven. Yes. I desire eternity. Then one day it will be satisfied, but it won't be on earth. <laughs> it won't be here. Oh, that's, I want to see him. Yes. I want to look upon his face. Amen. There to sing forever of his saving grace. Yes. On the streets of glory. Let me love my voice. Cares all past, home at last. Yes. Ever, ever. And if that's what we're looking for, we'll never be satisfied. Mm. Our desire will be, that's the fuel. Lord, I want to see you. Yes. I want to see you. I want to see the one that saved me. I want to see the one that 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 uh, died for me. I want to see I want to see the one that, that provides all my provision, that provides my strength, that gives me the goosebumps. Yeah. I want to see the one that makes me feel the way I feel. That's the ultimate desire. Yeah. That's the ultimate. I mean, I don't think it's sinful to desire uh, things on this earth that are of the kingdom, but how sad would it be that our greatest desire is just to have a a big ministry or to you know to uh, achieve some great yeah. feat here on this earth? The greatest desire is that I hear those words, "Well done, right, thou good and faithful servant." And if that's your desire, then everything you're going—that's going to be the foundation of everything yes. that you do. Every, when I wake up in the morning, I want to hear "Well done." When I'm yes. eating breakfast, I want to hear "Well done." When I'm eating lunch, I want to hear "Well done." When mm. I'm eating dinner, when I go to bed, when I'm on vacation, when I'm watching television, when yeah. I'm listening to the radio, when I'm hanging out with people, I want to hear "Well done." It. It'll drive your day. Wow. It'll drive your direction. Your mm. desires drive your direction. Wow. You know, they they point you. And if you're pointed to if the direction is heaven, that's where you're going to head. That's and right. And no matter, you know, will I have setbacks? Yep. Will I have mistakes? But be like David. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I messed up, but I'm, I'm going to turn myself back around and get back in the right direction. So Wow. That is so good. Pastor Bailey, thank you. So much for this conversation. I needed it, and I believe that everyone who is going to listen needed it. I'm eternally grateful for your friendship and for your ministry. Thank you. I appreciate you, and it's made me think. You know, I've, I've you know, thought on it the last few days, and it's made me think because I think it my, you know, go back to the whole waning of your desire. Um, you know, there are, you know, we get so busy in life, we get so busy doing things and and not just with life but ministry mm-hmm. um you know taking over as as the pastor um you come into church and your mind is racing so many directions i've got to make sure this is right and make sure this is right and make sure you know we're going to open up and say this we're going to do this and it gets my mind off what the real thing should be mm. and my desire should be I want God, and I want God in the service. So, yes, you got to prepare, but you can't be so bogged down by life that you forget, you know what, I need to get back to read my Bible 30 minutes a day. I need to probably, I probably need to practice my guitar, but I don't need to. But I do need to read my Bible more because I I find myself, and it's one of the things that Pastor Clark told me that was really so cool, is that um, when he retired, he said he found he had more time to read Mm. because... When he he was working a job, uh, pastoring a church, uh, having a family, um, and preaching every week, well, you focused on preaching. Your what's the next message? Yes. You know, but but 
I want to have the desire to read the word. I, I, I'll shut up on this one. I, I, I went and visited some uh, some members of the the church here this past week. Uh, go into the house and and the brother there on the arm of his chair was the Bible. What have you been doing? I've been reading, mm. and um, I'm I'm guilty of not having that Bible open. At, sure. I think I need to put it somewhere in my in my site where it's. Put it on the island in the kitchen because I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. You yeah, know, we yeah. do that sometimes. But have it open; mm-hmm. that's it's ready to go, and have a desire for the Word of God. But uh, I can ramble on and on. You know that. So, but I appreciate you, brother Tio, and I appreciate the conversation because uh, it's helped me too. I think. Wow. Well, thank you, thank you for those kind words, and thank you for your wisdom again. Um, if you all listening, if you've enjoyed this, please reach out. Um, social media, reach out, text if you know him, and let him know how much you enjoyed this. Thank you again, Pastor Bailey, for all that you've done, and and we're praying that God bless you and your ministry and your family. And for all of you listening, pray that God would give you healthy desires. Amen. And and let's get rid of those fleshly desires. Amen. Amen. Until next time, we are praying that you are blessed. We pray that uh, God would keep his hand upon you and lead you and guide you. Get some healthy desires in your life. Stay away from the Snickers and the Dr. Pepper. Get in the book. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) God bless you all. God bless everyone.